Welcome in to Author's Corner on Chapter 22, Should Have Let It Go to Voicemail. And boy, oh boy, should he ever have. (laughs) You have all the times for Jackson Jones to not leave Senator Dr. Donaldson alone in the room with four senators. (laughs) It was then. Um, What a fun chapter this was. Is it... Is it just me? I I feel like, I hope it's not just me. I mean, I found this discussion fascinating. And <laughs> if I do say so myself, um, <laughs> it's, you know, this is exactly how the discussion had to have gone down during some of a senator's nationwide tour to go around and speak with other state senators in uh, you know, in an effort to encourage these other states to pass a similar law as um, other states that already had mandatory laws. So something you may or may not know, I don't know if I've told you this before, when you're writing a book, even a fiction book like this book, in which every single thing in this book is made up and fiction and in no way is ever intended to... Um, what's the word, resemble, you know, anyone in real life. The reason for that is even fiction authors can be sued if they are writing things that defame other people. So I didn't know that when I first wrote this book. And when I realized that, um, I really had to change a lot of the book so that it would not resemble any real life people. So therefore, I created Dr. Donaldson from a fictional state and described how Dr. Donaldson really followed the lead of California. And, you know, Senator Pan is named in the book as, you know, a a senator, doctor from California who passed the mandatory vaccination law. And so I created Dr. Donaldson to be someone who basically um, tried to learn from Senator Pan and chose kind of like to do things in her very own way, you know, that in no way at all was intended whatsoever to resemble Senator Pan in any fashion at all. So as you're reading through this book, you might kind of get to a a place and you're like, oh, I wonder if that was referring to this real life event. Technically, no, it wasn't. Technically, this is all fiction. Or you might say, oh, I wonder if that person is supposed to um, represent this other real life person that we know about. Technically, no. You know, again, everything I wrote in here is considered to be separate. Now, we know that Senator Dr. Pan did announce that he was going to other states to talk to other senators. And he also, you know, worked with the American Academy of Pediatrics to discuss mandatory vaccination laws in other states. And so we know he must have gone around um, and, you know, spoken to other politicians and given them tips on how to pass a mandatory law in their state. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to sit in on one of those conversations in a completely fictional way. And I tried to picture what would it be like, you know, for Senator Donaldson to be traveling with her lobbyist, Jackson Jones, and they would go to, you know, meet with lots of different senators. I picked Minnesota 
because I feel like there was a news report of a senator from somewhere meeting with Minnesota senators to try to help push through a mandatory vaccine law, if I'm remembering correctly. Anyway, I chose Minnesota somewhat arbitrarily, but somewhat because I feel like there was a news story about this. So I don't know if I explained this in another corner in the past, but I'm just going to go through it again just to supplement what you just learned. So Senator Donaldson basically describes Uh, maybe I think with Jackson Jones's help initially, how this went down in California. So that's where I live in practice. And so I was very intimately involved with trying to stop this from happening in California. So basically, in California, no one used to need a medical exemption from vaccines, you could just use your personal reasons to opt out of vaccines. And then in, gosh, what year? I think 2015, they passed SB2. Is that right? Gosh, all these years just jumble together, don't they? <laughs> I think 2015 is when they passed SB277, which took away the personal exemptions from vaccines in California and set up the system for the medical exemptions. And Senator Donaldson kind of describes how this went down in her fictional state, which was very similar to California. Basically, Senator Pan wanted to make exemptions based on contraindications. And sorry if you already know this and if you painfully lived through this already, and sorry to bring you back, but this is for everyone's uh, education. But he couldn't get enough of his California senator colleagues to sign on onto the bill. Because contraindications literally means you can only get a medical excuse if you suffered severe brain injury, went into a coma, and then lived, or suffered severe anaphylactic shock, needed epinephrine to revive you, maybe CPR, and you lived. That's basically it. And you could opt out of that one vaccine, but you still have to get all the others. If that didn't happen to you, you're not getting an exemption. That was Senator Pan's initial hope, and you can see this in the SB 277 bill progression on the legislative site. I've spoken about that before and and given people links to that before. You don't have to go back and track this unless you're really curious. But he basically wrote, you know, the doctor had to specify the reasons that contraindicate vaccination in this child in order to create an exemption. No one would sign on. He couldn't get the bill passed. So he got rid of contraindications and replaced it with reasons for which the doctor does not recommend vaccination. Then he still couldn't get the bill passed, so he had to add reasons for which, including family medical history, you know, for which the doctor does not recommend vaccinations. Well, we all thought this was a victory, and... It was a temporary victory, and I honestly don't know if Senator Pan in California or his lobbyist who was working with him, I don't know if they knew what they were doing or if they really felt like they were compromising. So what happened is we all started writing vaccine medical exemptions based on family history of severe vaccine reactions, based on 
moderate vaccine reactions like seizures, temporary nerve injury, non-anaphylactic allergic reactions, allergic medical problems, you know, chronic intestinal problems after vaccines. Any vaccine reaction that created an ongoing medical problem, I considered a legal reason for exemption based on the California law. And that's what we did for about four years. We wrote medical exemptions that way. I think, uh, what are we looking at? Yeah, 2015 through the end of 2019. And these are all legal and proper. But what we eventually realized, and I'm sure what Senator Pan and what his uh, medical lobbyist realized, was that the standard of care nationwide in all states, not by state law, by sim- but simply the medical standard of care, which is kind of a kind of a written standard or even an unwritten standard is what do what do most mainstream regular medical doctors do in a given situation? How do they treat a certain problem? And everyone treats it in a very similar way. That's the standard of care. And if medical organizations have made policies about care for something that adds to the standard of care. Well, the standard of care for vaccine medical exemptions was they should be based on contraindications, not based on simple reactions, moderate reactions, reactions you recover from easily, and family history of reactions in one sibling do not apply to the other sibling. Reactions in one parent don't apply to that parent's child. There's no such family history reason for vaccine medical exemption in the official mainstream standard of care. So Senator Pan did announce that he was working with the California Medical Board to try to track down these doctors who were writing vaccine exemptions based on his very own law, the law that he wrote, the law that he had to compromise on in order to get it passed. We're just following his advice, his his recommendations in the law. And the medical board started investigating doctors all over California for writing these exemptions because they did not follow the mainstream standard of care, even though they followed California law. And one could argue that constitutionally, the people that make the laws should not be actively involved in working with the people who enforce the laws. And, you know, should Senator Pan have been, who's a lawmaker, should he have been working with the medical board who is a law enforcer? It's a good question. I'll leave that to the constitutional lawyers. And so I portrayed Senator Donaldson also working with the California Medical Board to track down the doctors so that in effect, the vaccination law in her state was as if exemptions needed to be based on contraindications um, simply by bringing in the medical board to enforce this idea. Interestingly, one of the doctors here in California, we will hear soon about the verdict in his medical board case, he presented a very good defense that if you are an alternative medicine doctor, or if you're a mainstream doctor who also practices alternative medicine, 
and very clearly the alternative medicine standard of care is that doctors can write exemptions based on family history and based on moderate vaccine reactions and based on chronic health conditions that can be made worse by vaccines. It's up to the doctor's discretion. That's the alternative medicine standard of care. And California has a law that allows us to practice using a standard of care under alternative medicine guidelines. And as long as a patient doesn't die, we are allowed to practice that way and we cannot be punished by the medical board for it. That's sort of the uh, California law. And we'll, so we'll see if that law holds up with this upcoming uh, Kenneth Stoller medical board case. And you guys can you know Google search that maybe in a few weeks and see what's come of that. I love the part in here where Senator Donaldson is talking about how they kind of tricked the opposition to her bill using the grandfather clause that basically they divided and conquered the opposition. And a similar thing happened in California. Basically, they were going to pass the mandatory vaccine law so that literally about 200,000 California school children could not go to school all of a sudden. Like one day they could, the next day they couldn't. And yeah, could you imagine the crap storm if, if that happened? They amended the law in 2015, SB 277, that took away personal exemptions, so made it so you have to go out and get a medical exemption. They amended the law so that instead of kicking everyone out at the same time, all 200,000 kids, they said we will enforce it when you enter kindergarten and when you enter seventh grade. And so they were only kicking you know, a, a couple of years worth of kids out at any one time. And everyone on my side who was fighting this law, we thought it looked like a victory. We were like, oh, good. Everyone in first, second, and third grade, they can stay in school. Everyone in preschool can stay in school for a couple of years. Everyone in seventh grade can finish high school, and they won't have to get a medical exemption. We were like, yay. But you know what? I quickly realized, huh, they just succeeded in shutting us up dividing and conquering us so that instead of 200,000 really pissed off families calling their senators and saying, why did you just kick my kid out of school? They created about, I don't know, 20, 30,000 pissed off parents. And a lot of parents didn't realize they should be pissed off until three years later when their kids hit seventh grade and they're suddenly now kicked out of school or have to go get a medical exemption. You see what they did? Seemed like they're doing us a favor. So in reality, you gotta be careful. If there's gonna be like a mandatory vaccine law passed or a law passed that's gonna take away rights, it's gonna take away you know medical exemptions. Sometimes when they compromise and make the bill softer, it makes the bill easier to pass and it temporarily affects fewer people and it, it temporarily takes away the rights of fewer people but in the end it ends up ruining the lives of just as many people or interferes with the rights of just as many people in the long run and if that's the truth about any of your compromises it might not be a good idea to accept that compromise you know sure tons of kids got to stay in school in california and gave 
parents, you know, families a time to regroup and organize and figure out where to move to and figure out, you know, what to do with the kids in school. But, you know, I just got to wonder if, if it would have been better to just, I don't know, go with, you know, the, the law straight up and, and mandate, you know, medical exemptions right away and then take them all away. I don't know. I'm just rambling now, but sometimes what looks good on paper is a compromise to make your uh, mandatory vaccine bill easier. Just think uh, long-term, you guys. Think the, the long game and see if those compromises are good for the long game. So the part about school nurses, that's based on some feedback that I've gotten from patients and from a school nurse who actually told me she was instructed by the higher-ups to harass families, sadly. I'm very sad about this because I have nurses in my family and I don't think they would do this, but there's some bad apples in every profession, right? So what happened is, as I said, myself and many other doctors wrote tons of valid vaccine medical exemptions for many years. And for many years, parents were using these exemptions but then school nurses started saying, no, your exemption is not valid. It's not worded right. Go back and get another copy. Or, you know, we can't accept your exemption based on these reasons. And the nurses, nurses are smart. I mean, they're smarter than doctors usually. And um, they know what they're doing. So I have to believe doc nurses were knowingly denying medical exemptions, even though they per they knew perfectly well these were valid exemptions. And that's very sad as a, a school nurse. So they made all these poor families spend weeks trying to get their letters rewritten and trying to get a new letter. And e even when these families are handing in perfectly normal letters. And I don't know firsthand, but it's my opinion that from what I've been told, these school nurses were instructed to do so by their bosses in Sacramento. So what I liked about this segment and hearing these senators talk and ask questions is, you know, if you could have a non-political discussion with a legislator, if you could talk to them about medicine and about medical laws and leave politics aside, I feel like almost any senator with a brain, which, yeah, excludes some legislators, but probably includes most legislators, almost any of them with a brain would have to agree that, yeah, you have a seizure after a vaccine, you have a temporary nerve injury, you have an allergic reaction, you have any of these moderate to severe injuries, or you have one child who has an injury, or you as a parent had an injury, if any of that happened to them or in their own family, one of their own kids, yeah, you can bet they would not continue that vaccine and they might c consider not continuing other vaccines and they would want an exemption. They would want their child in school. And that's just like the reality. I mean, it's, it's basically politics versus reality. And the reality is almost every senator would agree with this. But then politics comes in. And sadly, if a senator from one party doesn't like these kinds of vaccine mandates and strict you know, contraindications as a reason for medical exemption, 
and wishes it was another way, wishes it was more the kind of the, the logical reality based way that I like to practice. But their party wants to vote for the strict mandate and for the contraindication, then their hands are, are kind of tied. And it's sad. It's so sad that so many politicians can't vote their conscience. And based on common sense, that politics gets in the way and messes things up. And that's the reality. If you think I'm wrong, then your head's, are, your head's in the sand. Okay, so skipping over to Jackson Jones briefly, I love his little uh, cell phone conversation outside the room. And you know what? There really was a children's rights bill that Senator Pan in California tried to pass. And it was a bill that basically said, if the authorities decide you as a parent are not making the right medical decisions for your children, the state can come in and take your child away. If you're not making the right educational decisions, they can take your kids away. Now, they can already do that like for child abuse and child neglect, but this new bill gave the the authorities and the state legislators and the, the state government more authority to come in and they basically basically you know, worded it as every child has the right to thorough mainstream medical care. And if parents aren't providing it, we, the state, are going to step in. And that bill went nowhere. Senator Pan thought it was a great idea. He tried to get it moving forward. I don't think anyone signed up for it. Maybe one or two people did, but it died very quickly, which is good. And then he had the bright idea of saying, okay, we are now going to make everything, I think it was everything, don't quote me on that, this is what I remember, I could be wrong, in my opinion, everything anyone posts on social media must be backed by science, and it must be fact-checked, and if it's not accurate, then it can be censored. So he wanted to pass that law in California as well, and he went on you know, social media and in the media, in public, and stated that this was a way to combat vaccine um, safety information from my side of the fence. You know, what they would call misinformation or anti-vaccine information, but I would simply call you know, vaccine safety awareness information or vaccine injury awareness or uh, informed consent information. So they wanted to censor it all. And no one would uh, sign on to that either. They couldn't get enough support. So that went by the wayside. And even Jackson Jones realized that that was a great example of the thought police from 1984 coming in. And so that was actually based on a couple of real life bills that came forward in California from Senator Pan that went nowhere. And I wonder if uh, the senator did lose some credibility over that. We will see. So then I love, you know, joining uh, Senator uh, Waterman and Senator Longfellow, was it? I try to come up with some nice, uh, you know, North Midwestern manly kinds of last names. And um, hearing them talk in the bar, again, they bring us back to reality. They set politics aside and talk about, you know, what is the reality of vaccine injury, vaccine safety, medical exemptions, and what would they really want to do as senators and I kind of like that. And you know, they uh, referred to the measles outbreak. This is a small thing, but this did happen in Minnesota. 
a very large unvaccinated community in Minnesota, had a measles outbreak and measles spread around. And then it was quickly contained and no one died. And it was kind of an example of why we don't need vaccine mandates because these outbreaks are quickly contained. And if you're vaccinated, you are protected if your vaccines work. And if you're not vaccinated, you are accepting the risk of, you know, you might catch a disease and you sign up for that. So no one's rights need to be taken away or changed based on that little uh, example of a measles outbreak. So I don't know why I threw that in there. Maybe because it was Minnesota and it was a, a news item at the time. Anyway, so that was a great chapter for me. It was a lot of fun to write and um, hope you enjoyed it. And hopefully you can use some of this information to help uh, convince people that vaccine medical exemptions are at risk and people who have really bad reactions might not be able to legally opt out of vaccines for very long and all these kids will be kicked out of school and we all need to stand up now, talk to our legislators, talk to our friends, neighbors, and convince them that mandates are wrong. Oh, and, you know, even more importantly, guys, this is why you have to get to these legislators before a mandatory law even comes along. And I've talked about this before, but it is so critical to not wait until a mandatory vaccine law comes to your state. It is your duty as a citizen, if you are a health freedom activist or you're a parent who simply likes to you know, make your own medical choices and put your kids in school and and live, you know, a, a free, healthy life without government interference in this regard, then go to your state senators or state legislators office and just have a brief meeting. Talk about the simple issue of vaccine contraindications, vaccine exemptions, medical exemptions, vaccine mandates, maybe, you know, become familiar with how this went down in California so you can explain to him or her, or is it he or she, I don't know, that if this bill comes to their state, you would love to come back in and chat with them about it, but give them a heads up that what these bills do is they make it so that only kids with severe brain injury that puts them into a coma and causes permanent injury or anaphylactic shock that they almost die from. Only those kids will be able to opt out of vaccines. And do they as a senator want it to be so narrow and so restrictive? Or do they want a broader interpretation of what constitutes a valid medical exemption? If your child is um, an example of this kind of situation, talk about your own personal situation. Make that connection with your legislator. Do it now before um, this becomes an issue. Anyway, so what's coming up next? Um, this is a tough, uh, a tough chapter. It's a chapter about SIDS. It's a chapter about um, the Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. And it's... Uh, based on a recent true story. And uh, it's tough to go through, but we'll go through it together. And 
We'll see if we cry together again and we'll learn from it. So I'll see you guys on the next Author's Corner.